Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. So, uh, yeah, I don't know where you guys were, but Lofa, I was gonna, I was telling you kind of before we came on the air here. I was by myself watching the game. I was at my kids' little league tryouts or evaluation through the first half. Wait, first of all, you know, can you even have little league trial evaluations? Aren't you paying for that? Like, that's not a, I know. Oh, I know. Thing? You paying for the? Can, can you evaluate young kids? Mike, Mike, sure. Mike, Mike. Not only am I paying for them to be in little league, I'm coaching as a volunteer, and I'm yeah. So I'm paying and then volunteering as a coach, <laughs> and they're also scheduling it during the Seahawks game on a Saturday. Yeah, it so was how do you evaluate your own child? You know what the talent that your child has already. Well, li- I listen. I knock him down a few points so that I can <laughs> drop his draft status, so I can get him a little lower, take some other guys higher. Like I, I'm a tough critic out there. Yeah, and then you got to evaluate all the other kids, and it's it's a mess. So I was there through the whole first half, and the then. Worst <laughs> you missed the best half dude so i didn't check the score i was i was like staying away from people i'm not on my phone at all I, w- I managed to successfully not know anything what's going on in the game i rush home by then the kids and and my wife are at another a birthday party or something so the house is quiet i get home i turn on the tv it wouldn't let me start from the beginning for some reason with the cable or the dvr whatever it was i couldn't figure it out <laughs> So I hit live. I'm just prepared for whatever I'm going to see. And what do I see? I see the Seahawks 17, the Niners 16. Here we go. We're starting the third quarter. I've got my snack. I'm like, all right, I didn't miss too much. We're up by one. And I, you guys, 20 minutes later, all, the wheels had come off. That We're careening yeah. down a hill. I don't even know what's going on. And I want to tell all of you guys and Seahawks Nation, Mike B., I'm glad you're here for this ad- admission. It's my fault. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have gone home. I shouldn't have turned the game on. I should have just let the afternoon play itself out. And I just want to apologize to everybody. I'm sorry, guys. It's not your fault. Are y'all sponsored by Hot Dogs? Yes, we are. (laughs) Wiener Schnitzel. Do you like Wiener Schnitzel, Mike? You ever been? (laughs) Interesting uh, sponsors. I see all kinds of sponsors. What's the first time I see? Damn right we are, Michael. He hears my tale of woe. <laughs> he hears my plight, and all he can think about is hot dogs. How about the detail? <laughs> the attention to detail might be. I don't know if anybody else has called that out. Shout out to Wiener Schnitzel, hey. our sponsor. He studies the game film, Lofa. He does. Uh, can we officially start the show now that you've heard my yeah. tragic tale? Yeah, let's, let's get started, because there's a lot of flaws that we need to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> The things that need to be adjusted. For one thing, you turn the music on, you Mike. Take twelve. If you walk around unclad, unapologetic from the jump. And no politics in this club. Just dirt from the streets and the clicks in the mud. Take twelve. Best podcast for the Seahawks. Number one sports talk. Yeah, we got it on live. Take twelve. Every episode, twelve hot takes. And we rapping for Seattle, my place. Take twelve. It's the Take 12 Podcast on the Believe NFL Sports Network. Thanks for tuning in. I am Brett. He is Lofa. And joining us on this uh, special episode is Seahawks legend Michael Bennett. Thank you for being here, sir. Happy MLK Day, everybody out there. We're recording on Monday, right after the game. 
What's up, Mike? Hey. I usually don't, like I said, I don't do stuff for Black History Days and stuff like that, so. We appreciate, we appreciate you, you being you. here, man. You guys. Like Mike said, the show is brought to you by Wiener Schnitzel, two locations in Western Washington, one in Everett, one in Fife. Go on in, mention the Take 12 podcast, get a free small beverage with any other purchase, uh, the delicious corn dogs and chili dogs and, and ice cream and root beer floats and all of that. But guys, today we are here uh, to talk about our Seahawks. I, I, one time when I was a teenager, I thought I'd ski down some moguls, and I was a pretty good skier. <laughs> And I was up there at Stevens Pass, and it, don't worry, this will come back around. I, I started going down, and everything was going fine. My rhythm was good. I was right, left, just kind of bounce right there. And, but, then, but then about the eighth mogul down, you get a little bit off on the rhythm. You just hit that, you know, it sends you a little sideways, kind of double pump your knees. And the next thing you know, it's a complete yard sale, and the ski goggles are up the hill, and your boots are down the hill, and your poles are over here, and you don't know ri- really how you got there, but everything happened fast. And that's how I felt on Sunday watching our team. And the only question I have for you guys is what the F happened? <laughs> Who wants to start? Well, first of all, we got to get started that, that a corn dog is kind of a perfection. It's this idea that everybody loves hot dogs. And then you add that, that flour mm. And, mm. and batter on it. And you have, and it's sort of right. It is, corn dog is... I'm not sure why corn dogs don't get their respect in the in snack. Here, here. Snack. And you know, Mike, at Wiener Schnitzel, it's not just the full corn dogs. You you can get those, but they also have mini corn dogs. You, they're like poppers. Like yeah, appetizers. Are, yeah, they're like the best. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I think we should get started with, with the Seahawks. I think you guys are right. I think <laughs> the, the things that hunted the Seahawks are the things that have been haunting them all year. Yeah. They're tackling. I mm. think the, oh, the guys tackle without their arms. I don't want to. I love digs. I, I love everybody out there, but guys take bad angles. Guys take the defenses and flowing. The pasture is it's it's a lot of it's a lot of things going on. Lofa, you know, it's hard. Well, we can. <laughs> I we'll, know. We'll get into hard. specifics. Lofa, uh, your general thoughts, and then I got some stuff we can break it down here. Go ahead. Just tail the two halves. Mm-hmm. You know, we came out. It was ugly to start. Mm. Right, we fell behind quick. Battled back, made some plays. Um, you know, I didn't get really, to see any of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm catching you up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they played hard. They played well in that first half. And then, um, yeah, it really just changed when we were going down to tie it up and, and we fumbled. But mm-hmm. um, defense, just like Mike said, it was – I don't know, man. I mean, pass rush was getting there but not getting home, not getting the guy down, mm-hmm. um, getting him off the mark at least. But And then in coverage – you know, they were getting on Tariq a lot in the in the media, and he didn't have that bad of a game. There was one play where the guy ran running right by him, and he thought it was a run. He thought, you know, that guy was cracking, but he went straight down the field. That was the only play I really fault him on. When the quarterback's holding the ball for five or six seconds, you know, back there, sometimes it was close to eight to ten, and it's all the way across field. You need underneath help, and the linebackers were nowhere to be found. I mean, I don't want to say that. I didn't want to say it because you're a linebacker, but there was some bad linebacker player out there, especially on that wrong, long Debo Samuels run. We man. Kept, there was a lot of loafing, I think. No offense to loafer, but there was some <laughs> loafing. And, you know, Cody Barton's pretty good. and Barton's a good linebacker, but on that play, you know, there was some something missing on that one. Um, on the third – Third down that he went yeah, all yeah. the way across the field. And he just four went for missed tackles. Yeah, and he ran to ran like 
Forrest Gump. He just ran up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he had the long, the long one that went for a touchdown, but then even the one, you know, our eyes aren't in the right place. So, you know, as a linebacker, you get into coverage. All right. Uh, I think Woolen or someone was trailing. Right. And now when the quarterback throws it, we just started running with our eyes still back in the backfield. You have to turn your eyes before feet is what it's called. You whip your head so you can get on track to make a big hit. He, he hit Wollin and knocked him off. And mm-hmm. then Michael Jackson didn't bring his feet. Like you're saying, we're not bringing our arms. Or Why did feet. Michael Jackson not bring his feet when all Michael Jackson ever did was moonwalk? And dance. <laughs> Known for the feet, right? Known for the feet, the kick. You know, and exactly this Michael Jackson doesn't. And I agree with you on that. I think there was, even with the pass rush, the thing with me with the pass rush that, that kills me is that, like, it's almost like the sack numbers are inflated because there's a lot of sacks that are like kind of broken down plays and guys end up running down the sack, but like just clearly beating guys and putting pressure on the quarterback and overall hitting the, the, the sacks come from broken plays. So I yeah. think without having one thing that the Seahawks need to get this year and I, they, if, if they don't do this, I'm going up to Joe Snyder's office. I'm going to knock three times, one, two, three and when he opens I'm going to slap him they need to definitely get some interior rushers because without the interior yeah. rushers right now that it's just two guys running up the field and the quarterback just running right to the where the hole opens up at every single time and he's stretching out these plays and it's just like you said it's eight seconds for the cornerback to cover it's like how's he going to cover when everything's open you know yeah and I mean we weren't even we weren't even 10 yards deep you're supposed to be 10 to 12 outside the hash and that's where the ball was getting caught and so I don't fault the DVs that are in trail, you know, running, you know, all the way across field with the guy. It's a combination of the pass rush and the linebackers getting back to a spot and then having some awareness. And so it was just, it was tough duties for, for our secondary, um, especially when you have all those targets that they have. Um, and yeah, and Debo Samuel's just a grown ass man. I mean, he was running away from us. He was running through us. He, he did whatever he wanted, man. Mm-hmm. But that's what makes it ter- that's what makes it hard to watch because you know as a def- the defender like you know the playoff every yard counts and I said it on the other podcast that you have radio show well, Lofa got a lot of jobs but <laughs> the other radio show I said that tackling would be one of the main things that would be an issue because every yeah. time the Seahawks play the 49ers, the 49ers get a lot of yak when you talk about Debo Sanders, Christian McCaffrey, you start talking about George yeah. Kittle. When he played against the Seahawks, I mean, he must he must have like 400 yards on every other team. And with the Seahawks, he gets like 700. So he's always over double digits. That's where he gets his thousand. That's where he gets his yeah. It's like it's like when we used to play the Rams. Like you know, the guys they would get like seven sacks on us. You know, because Russell would be back there and they would just get like I'm like man, he got eight sacks this game. But it's just like one of those things where we're not being able to tackle and get guys down. You know, guys are going to catch the ball, but if we can stop them. We just can't tackle very well. And I think we don't. And being in that system, we practice and tackle. You remember being there. That's all we ever do is practice That's tackle. All. And, you know, Mike, I wonder if it's just with the way the rules have changed and like only like 10 padded practices or whatever it is that. Mm-hmm. But but that's okay. You shore those things up when you draft a guy or when you acquire a guy through free agency. You want to pick a bully, you know, a guy that's out there just kicking ass because. Then when it comes to game time, even if he's not practicing full form tackle, he wants to run through someone's face anyways. And, you know, legally is what I'm saying. But um, but yeah. And then even just getting off blocks, I saw a lot of retreating instead of attacking the block and then shedding either way. And given the one, you know, he had a two way go plus guys running away. 
I, I it was it was tough. Simple man. plays like the McCaffrey play, guys. Not the, yes. the, the D lineman not getting over. And um, I, I think one main thing about the Seahawks is setting edges and some of the plays when it comes to the outside defenders not being able to crush the edge. I think when we play, a lot of times we would make the running back have to make a, 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 a second step, you know. Mm-hmm. Him is just going off his, his father's, you know, those stretch plays. You go back into every single running back that's been in that system. It doesn't matter who, what talent they had. They would be the greatest running back. Clinton, yeah. Terrell Davis, all these guys just able to make these one cuts and keep going. But you got to get them to stop their feet and not allow the hole to get elongated and let guys get through those holes. I think when we play the 49ers, we just have a terrible time. We already – been horrible at run defense from the mm-hmm. whole season. And I think it goes back to setting edges. And without having an interior guy who's a bully, like without the, the D line has to be bullies, man. And it's just what it is. Like if I have a D line guy over there drinking coffee in a cup, I want a guy drinking coffee out of his hands. You know, he's just like, it's not even that hot. He's coffee, you know? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you got, hey man, dude, you got to eat with a fork, man. We in the restaurant. Eat with our hands. Eat with a fork. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> hey, yeah. Yeah. yeah, savages. Yeah, yeah. Guys worry about their shoes. It's just getting to you know, guys worrying about the cam. You know, I I just want it to be just a little bit more vicious when it comes to defense. Defense, and I think, like I said, I, I think Coach Hurd is putting guys in position to mm-hmm. make it plays. Look at the calls that he's calling, but it's just that guys aren't finishing the plays in the way in the fashion that we used to. There was always a sign in there in that locker room that said relentless and ruthless. Those yeah. are the two things that we would live by. And it's like, you know, if you're not ruthless, mean we don't we ain't trying to get nobody jerseys. We ain't trying to do none of that jersey swap stuff, helping guys up. But we I see you helping somebody up. I might get get him out, Lofa. Get him out. Get him out. <laughs> he's not one of us. You know what I mean? Like why is he helping up the team up, mm. man? You know? Oh hell so, yeah. I don't know Lofa, I don't know if we've talked about it on the air or off. I mean it, it all of it blends together at a certain point. But that that jersey swap stuff and the picture after the game and the autograph after the game, you know that annoys the hell out of me as a fan. And I was I was even seeing it after this game. I mean, this is a playoff game. This is your arch rival. This is the third time you've played them. They waxed us in the second half. Like I said, I looked up. The game was pretty much over. I was on my couch dejected to a certain point, and then I see guys getting autographs on the on the field and posing for photos. It's just do it in the tunnel. I don't mind that you're friends. Just like it's it's as a fan, it's like the optics on it drive me absolutely out of my skin. And I mean, I'm just a fan. What the hell do I know? But it, it drives me nuts, you know? It drives me nuts too, but I got to get DK his, his credit because that game, man, he played really tough. That, that was so my silver cool. lining. Yeah, we were. I, <laughs> I could listen. I could listen to you guys talk all day long, but if we wanted to switch it to some positives, yeah. DK, no, what we're saying, the negative is a positive. What we're sure. it's not negative. The, the things that we're saying is like, if the Seahawks want to get over this hump, they just will you like offensively feel that they've kind of shored up some some key components. Like mm-hmm. you look at the quarterback. Yeah. We've, we found a quarterback that could get the job done. Mm-hmm. Even though the game is tough, Gino, and look at the running back. There's, there's a lot of things I would say yeah. that defensively, like the defense just needs to catch up to the offense in so many different ways, right? I think – go ahead, go ahead. Which is crazy because Pete is a defensive coach. And going back to my days at SC with him and then here, defense has been, you know, what we hang our hat on. And um, so I know it's got to be driving Pete crazy um, just with what he's seeing right now. But with the offensive coordinator, man, he's when he was with the Rams, like even Jerry Goff, like you start looking at the ways that he is allowing. I mean, you start doing play action, you run the ball enough and you do enough play action, you allow the quarterback to have vision. It's just when you have you got to sit back there and throw it 45 times. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know what the what the uh, Dolphins were thinking, like, right? They got this sure. 
quarterback. He's throwing 50 times. I'm like, why is he throwing the ball 50 times? So it's questions like that that when you you start to not put in quarterbacks in good position. I think a quarterback like Geno Smith, like he is not he, he is not Josh Allen. He is not Patrick Mahomes. Like he he's not going to just win you the game flat out right off of just simply talent. But what he will do is put you in the greatest positions to win mm-hmm. and play complimentary football. And I think that's what the Seahawks need. They just need to play complimentary football all the time that, you know, they can get the ball to DK, they can get the ball to Kenneth, and they can just, you know, control the clock and run the clock down. And they have all the weapons. I think the defense just, when you think about it, DK, the way that he plays offense is how defense needs to be played. Like this guy's yes. out there, like vicious. Like he didn't care. He didn't care about that DB. Like I don't care about you running through people. I think, yep. hey man, like you know, there's some games where he don't get the ball enough and we don't feed him enough. But like in the critical moments, this guy was just playing out of his mind. Like mm-hmm. it felt like he was just like the heart that he was playing with. It felt like everybody needed to pump the same type of blood. That he was pumping through, like DK in this game was really tough. Play hard, I think. You know that is those are the games we wanted to play. We don't want to play great against the Jets. We want to play great against those guys. You mm-hmm. know, we don't need leaders when we blowing out teams. We need leaders when we behind. And I Absolutely. think he did that over and over. Those tough third down plays that he made, those tough catches that he tough made. Catches, those, yeah, the, the bobbled touchdown. one. Yeah, the, yeah. Oh, the touchdown. The bobbled one too. Oh, yeah. the running, the run, the Lord, show the truck stick, oh, man. I mean, just, come on. Just straight Incredible. downhill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those are just some key things. I think that if I was to point at some things that I feel like the Seahawks need to be real critical in this offseason would be, I think they kind of straight up the offensive line. I think the offensive line is very young. But overall, the play gets some of the rushers that that conference has. Like, hands down, that conference has some of the best pass rushers in all of football. You start looking at the Rams. You start looking mm-hmm. at the Cardinals. You start looking at they just, they're just good rushers, you know. And they did a good job against the 49ers, you know. Like, Nick Bosa, all these great rushers, even though um, I think that, you know, the offensive line is going to be strong. I think where you could, you know, get a young offensive line like that, they could carry over to the next uh, years, but I would think that the defensive line needs to be a little bit like I would spend money on the defensive. It's got to get addressed. Yeah, it's got to be addressed. It's got to. They got to go for one of these interior rushers who can really change the game. Mm-hmm. I think that would be where I would say like spend that fifty. You know, I'm not saying get one guy for eighty million, but I'm saying yeah. let's 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 spend about eighty million on three three guys. You know, yeah, one guy for forty. Yeah. yeah, one guy for twenty. Like find those key little guys that are like you know they. They have those five sacks and they and there's a couple plays that they really are 10 sack guys, but they behind somebody that's great. You know, those kind of guys, I think, would be where we could find some. Um, I mean, yeah, even watching that game last night, Baltimore is loaded up front well, on, on defensive line. That's a bit what I was going to say, man. Watching that game last night, I was watching Baltimore play, watching their defense, the way they hit, the way they physical, all the things you guys were talking about. I'm so envious of that, <laughs> that defense and the way they play. I mean, it's what we need, you know. That's what we're used to up here. Yeah, so totally. we get back to that because we have the offense. Just like Mike said, we have the yeah. offense to make a deep run. To, to, we could win the Super Bowl with this offense. But and a lot of the times, you know, I would argue that Geno has carried this team because the run game was inconsistent. I mean, Kelly Walker is a savage. He was in and out with that foot injury uh, for a couple of games. Still went over 1,000, a great rookie year. Uh, the O-line is going to be – the two uh, tackles are going to be better next year because they've had experience. And um, so probably maybe another guard. Um, but but the defense is where we need to focus. All Free agency, our picks, mm-hmm. that's where I think we're going to need to address Well, and else. the young guys will be one year older. We talked on the last episode about how this playoff game and even this playoff run, that no matter how – I mean, look, it was – 
I wouldn't say improbable. What I'd say is it was unexpected from everybody this year. Remember how people were talking at the beginning of the year, and we talked on the last episode about how uh, this playoff game is a bit just playing with house money, and it's almost like uh, they just get you know they get the experience, they get more practice, they get all of that. I mean, it can only be beneficial in the long run, right? No matter how you know bitter a taste we have in our mouth after the game, because the season overall, I think we'd all have to say was a success. Success. Yeah. Well, I always thought the team was going to do good because I think Coach Carroll does better with younger players, younger cast. Yeah, yeah. people are like seven years under. I think. When he starts getting to the 10 and 11, like a veteran team is not his cup of tea. His veteran is hmm. young guys who played over five years. Like and three, four years. Yeah. yeah. Veterans in his system, not veterans from the league. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's what he does it because we, you, you know, I think that's where he has his greatest, uh, greatest champions and greatest wins is when he could grow his ideology and those guys follow through. And this, he, this looks a lot like that, like 20, 2011, 2012 season. I mean, 2012, I, I still say that was probably one of the best defenses I've ever seen. I mean, you guys were all over the place. And then Russ, you know, came on the scene and, and, and did great things with Marshawn back there. Um, but, man, that's where it, like, started. And I feel like this is the start. But it's it's almost like a more balanced team. And, and we need to go really defense heavy if we want to make the defense. They say it for a reason, wins championships. I'm going to say this right now, but the Jamal Adams, that's going to be uh, – uh, that's going to be something that's going to come up. I don't know what they're going to do with that contract, what they're going to do with that. Because to me, I love Jamal Adams. I love players, but it's like, do you end up paying a safety $18 million or do you go move that money to up front? Or how, I mean, how do you guys see that? I feel like that's going to be like a, uh, you know, you got huge, digs in here. Huge topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had written down, like, where do we go from here? You guys were kind of touching on it with what you guys think the team needs. And I think a lot of people can kind of see, especially watching that game, right? And like, But in the draft, you're going to have the fifth pick overall. You're going to have your own first round pick. And then they get the, the, the second round Broncos pick too, which is virtually a first round pick also. So are, in your guys' mind, that's just all defense and all the time? Or what, what do you guys see them doing? I think they take a defense tackle from Georgia. Any defense yeah. player from Georgia, please take one of them. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Both and I guys, agree wholeheartedly. They'll <laughs> get, get a guy from Georgia. Those guys, those defenders, they come in. They even I thought Alabama was the level of like, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, oh, those guys are coached well. But then you look at Georgia defense, they just got some different types of animals out there. They're just, dogs out there they mm-hmm. just could do that. That's what I would say. I would say go for a defensive tackle from Georgia. And then I would go for uh, a, a tight end, something that's – I think a tight end would be really helpful in in this offense just to give Geno a little bit more, you know. A tight end is important to those – It's offense. a huge mismatch for, yeah. For, yeah. for linebackers, tight end. They're always six four, six five, and they can run, you know, especially with the athletes you have these days. It's a tough matchup for, for linebackers. I know I like that the guy from Georgia too. The guy from Georgia, the tight end yeah. He would be good for this offense, like a, a sure-handed guy who could catch mm-hmm. and run good, good routes. Yeah. Yeah, well, and just a quick word on behalf of the fans, two other Seahawks fans who are listening, because I was watching on Twitter. I mean, I know it felt like the sky was falling on Saturday and all of that stuff, but just remember, hey, we were in the playoffs. We, we yeah. won more games than people thought we would. I think this season, like we just all said, is an overwhelming success. And I, I think, you know, no matter how it ended this year, everybody's really excited for the future with all the young talent like we're talking about, with the draft picks like we're talking about, with, with Pete. Pete, not just staying around, but doing what he did with this team this year. I mean, coach of the year consideration for Pete Carroll, right? 
Mm. Yeah. Who, who you got, Mike? Uh, coach of the year? Whew, I would say the Giants. I think the Giants okay. had that's Giants yeah. that's that team was 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 trash with no offense, Giants, but with the other <laughs> coach, like those same players, he got the same players that the other guy had, and the Giants are, you know, they've really come along to play the type of complimentary football that we're talking about. I mean, they found ways to make Daniel Jones a better player. I really think sometimes, yeah. and you know this Lofa for a fact, like there are some good players that have bad coaches, and sometimes that's true. Those good players that could be put the player in the right position. Like you put a pass rusher who's truly a pass rusher, you got him dropping in coverage, and you're like, he sucks at coverage. And all of a sudden, you got a guy that is like, right. let's just go for it. I think Dan Quinn does a good job of doing that, right? Because Dan Quinn does a great job of, you know, look at the Cowboys defense. The Cowboys defense before he got there, it was it was just mm-hmm. they had good players, but they were inconsistent, never in the top percentage of defense. And you come along with Dan Quinn, they come along and find ways to put guys in better positions. And now the Cowboys have one of the best defenses. And we talk about sacks and pass rushers like that team is stacked with pass yeah. rushers like that's no more thing that D, yeah. D says he's like i'm getting pass rushers and you guys other guys like you, you better cover because we coming with every time there's going to be a new first pass rusher in but when the ball comes out fast mike like you're saying like right now at 40 years old i can jump a route and make a play when that i know that quarterback doesn't have any time because it's just the initial coverage you have to get through and like so that's where plays are made um you know like and to your point players that are either put in the wrong system or, you know, have, I'm not going to say bad coaching because I don't know who was coaching him, but Hassan Reddick was a guy that, that I loved coming out of college going into the league. He was first round pick to the Cardinals. They had him dropping in coverage all the time. He's had like 30 sacks in the last two, two and a half years. And uh, I think he just made a pro bowl for the Eagles. He should be up for player of the year. I think he had 14 or something. Like this. But then the year before he was at Carolina and they're like, you're just going to rush. And he had 10 plus sacks. And so um, scheme change and coaching change can, can definitely help a player out, you know, in his career. And, um, and, but, you know, so coach of the year, Shanahan's got to be up there. I know his team's loaded, but he's got a seventh round Ugh. quarterback. He's on his third quarterback. <laughs> no, stop. Just, and I'm just stop. saying, he's got to be up there. Can you just not, please, not right now. Just stop. Not yeah. too soon. Too soon, bro. <laughs> Hitting the guy you hate, you like why? Hitting soon. the guy you hate, marry your, your high school girlfriend. Yeah, like, come oh, on, Lova, come on. Yeah, just, not, not on this podcast. Saying, you have to take into account what he's doing with a yeah, Mister Irrelevant. You can you can address your letters to Lofa. <laughs> so what the 49ers is though, I would say that the 49ers play to their strengths, and they yeah. do that very well yeah. every facet of the game. I think sometimes you don't play to your strengths, so that goes back to like. What do you do with the Seahawks? I think with the Seahawks, like you got to get one of those Durant, Durant pains from Redskins, like oh, really yeah. short the three mm-hmm. that that interior because running the three four, you need you can't have guys getting pushed back. You like if we look at our interior rushers, like what was was the the collective no group of sacks that they had? You got guys like Tennessee and and the yeah. rest of Simmons. Have, these big guys, you know, getting eight sacks. Like we need like the interior guys getting eight sacks, you know, you know, six, seven sacks. Like just get some interior guys that could really hold the hold the pocket. Like I love Al Woods. I love all those guys. But like we're not talking about really, you know, pushing the pocket back and making sure that, you know, the quarterback can't have no consistent throws. It'll make it a lot easier for the rushers because the way that these guys rush, they rush up the field. So there's always a hole, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Also, too, like sometimes with the when I look at the Seahawks pass rush, it's just like the guys aren't thinking about that you don't have to get a sack to win the rush, right? It's like if we're in the red zone, 
technically, we, yeah, getting a sack is great. Like we get a sack right here, like will be great. But if we crush the pocket and make the make the, the we know that the field is twice as longer down here. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, it's like mm-hmm. how don't give him any room. Mm-hmm. Don't give him any room. Crush the pocket. Crush rush. Mm-hmm. Like whatever you do, do not make him throw the ball out. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. don't give him any good throws. So sometimes. When I watch the watch the rush, it's like guys aren't communicating, you know, peer football knowledge. What is, what position do we want to make sure the rusher? In? When I was a rusher, I used to make sure that, like, I knew that getting a sack wasn't the most important thing. Like, I would make sure, like, let's get to the like we if the quarterback's not good on the left side, let's make him let's force put him. The rushing, force him to go to the left side. That's a yeah. win for us as that's a group. A plan of attack. Right? Yeah, you're talking yeah, about that's right? a win for a rush. You know, that's a win for a group. Like winning as a defense versus winning as an individual. I think that's where things people get lost at it, right? Because you want that validation and that credit to be like, oh, I gotta do that. But then you watch the the Chargers game, there was no communication out there. You up by 27. Like, you know, like, come on, there's mm-hmm. no way you're playing good defense, you know, consistent defense, and guys not going for big plays and just winning those downs. Like, that should be a win for the Chargers. That was crazy that they came back. That was Jacksonville. Nuts. That was oh nuts. Oh my God. Man, I, I love getting your guys' insight. This is, I'm like a kid in a candy store. Um, You you guys want to come down to, to my level with the fans and complain about the refs? <laughs> well, nobody At wants all? to complain. No, okay. We can't get fined anymore. So, what, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, I mean, two two DPI calls against DK, or at least illegal contact that don't get called. The one was the play before Geno's oh. fumble, which I mean, yeah, I like guys being physical down the field, but I, I was watching other games, and those are clearly it's, penalties in most games, and they aren't on DK. And I don't know if it's just because he's so big and physical anyway that maybe he doesn't get calls that other guys would get or what it is but there were definitely some missed calls but they sure got us for illegal man downfield three times three times that's that's all Lofa? yeah well the dk one i mean the guy's got his hands on him after five yards it's got to be at least illegal at contact least. if it's not holding yeah. and then dk still it's a great ball by gino and hey, he uh, almost DK caught it almost, anyway almost caught it but um but yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I can complain about officials all day, but yeah. e- either way, you can't leave it up to them, man. No, that's true. That's true. That's true. It just, I mean, three illegal men downfield ones and one of them very questionable. Uh, the, the second DPI on DK that wasn't called was like, it was like t- second and 25. So that would have let us out of that. And who knows what mm. happens from there and you know, whatever. But anyway. I got a gripe with the officials, though. They got the spot wrong in the Miami game. I don't know if you guys were watching. Oh, really? Yeah, it was third and 10. And, um, and well, first of all, Miami blew that on their own. Without Let's, let's get started. Like, come on. But I just want to talk about this one series, Mike. Me, me and Sean Locklear and Matt McCoy were here watching it. We were cooking steaks. And we were just, you know, we're football guys. So we're watching going. it. So. I, I think I even fault. have it recorded. If I can find it, I'll, I'll send it to you guys. But so the guy catches it. He runs upfield. I think it was Waddle. And he flips over the guy. So he's not down. And it was a fourth and one, a third and one. And so now they hurry up and run it. And I think it was Salman Ahmed. Shout out to your Huskies. Oh, yeah. You dub. Hello. 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 He, he gets a yard. And and there would have been a first down, but it was third and two because they spotted it wrong. So now then you have the the shit show that was I mean, they reset the play clock twice. Got him going. And yeah. Oh, yeah. You got me going. So they reset the play clock twice. And then Miami didn't they switch personnel with 13 seconds left and they have no timeouts. So what do they do? They take a delay a game. Now it's fourth and six. And then he threw it to the tight end who should have caught that. It would have been a tough catch, but. It was they lost it on their own right there, yeah. but 
but they didn't have a timeout because they took two timeouts to avoid delay games. After you get a first down, I don't give a shit what you call. Just call a fucking dive and and run the ball so you avoid and you stay on pace, right? And then you have in your mind, okay, second and, you know, eight to ten if you only get two yards. But – but don't take a delay game or waste the time out there. And so that that was that grinded my gears. Well, plenty to break down as the playoffs continue here. And also looking into our uh, Seahawks as the future unfolds for us as Seahawks fans. Uh, but if 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 there if there's nothing else about football, really, I, I want to ask Mike our fun questions. Is that yeah. I mean, should we do that and then we'll get everybody out of here? Start the questions. First, yeah. First of, yeah, first of all, but we gotta get back to like Lofa, I got a question, man. It's like, why are people in the NFL scared to run the ball? It's just, it's just like, Whoa. it's just like nobody wants to run the ball anymore. It's like, bro, like, what the for, like, what the Dolphins? I'm like, dude, you got this young quarterback in here, like, you're, yeah, run the ball, like, like that, that guy with the long name. How you say, I, I, I smell Which one? Osmed, uh You just said Ahmed. 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 Yeah. Bro, like, I'm like. Dude, this dude is like churning up this offense. Like, he running a, a dive right up the middle. Like, bro, get this get flip play. Do something. Just bro, I mean, third and sixteen, he caught that screen and, and got seventeen yards. Um, it was an amazing catch and run. But okay, Mike, now you got me going. They, I was going to say, Mike, I was trying to get you out of here quick, but hey, man, I'm here all day. If you guys want to be Raheem Mostert. In the game, in the snowstorm, you're thinking snow, they got to run the ball. They were killing the Bills. Mostert averaged eight yards a carry, and I think he had 130 or 140. Uh, Ahmed had, he finally got some playing time. He averaged seven a carry on like five or six carries, and they were still throwing it 30 times with Tua. And then you come back to this game, they exposed the run lanes and how they can attack Buffalo. And then, you know, like you're saying, you're on your third quarterback, a rookie, and you're going to air it out now. He played well. His receivers let him down. Tyreek had – Cheetah had a couple misses. Waddle had, like, two or three bad drops. Um, yeah, and, but you know, I would say that the offensive line, they were better at, at run blocking than they were pass blocking. Because absolutely. Pass blocking, I felt bad for that guy. That guy, I'm like, man, he, he probably never wanted to see – he ain't seen that many black guys chase him in his life. <laughs> getting out of there, man. Take it back to our game, Mike. Shanahan was doing us a favor dropping back all those times because – they they gashed us on a 67 yarder right out the gate or early on. And then they never came back to that, that stretch play, you know, a, that same exact one where um, they were crashing down. It was like a crack toss almost, but just a handoff. And, and um, so, I mean, I don't know what it is with, with coaches these days that just don't want to run the ball. I know like you, like you to go to like the Ravens game, right? They're down by seven. There's eight minutes left in the game. They're playing like it's two minutes left, two minutes left in the game. Like, just run yeah. the ball consistently, like Gus Edwards was just killing them. Yeah, like why are you just why are you doing this this you know this crazy option? Like I'm like Greg Roman. What what are you thinking right here? Like Man. this guy is not Lamar Jackson. Let's just get it down there. Like for example, let's just run the ball. Like you know, just run it. I don't know. QB sneak from the two on first and goal. What like. What are we doing? <laughs> no, man. It's just none of it makes sense, right? It's just like, I don't know. I feel that like they're getting to the point where football is pretty much about just passing the ball a lot. You know, I think to look at the Giants, the Giants had a good, like, the way that the Giants prepared Daniel Jones for that game is the same way that a lot of these other teams should be preparing these young quarterbacks. Like, they were getting, they were calling like beautiful, you know, 
pull and power plays with the quarterback oh. outside scheme runs where all he had to do was make one cut on this. I'm like, this is just I haven't seen plays ran like this since Cam Newton had the ball when when they used to run those plays with Cam Newton for a mm-hmm. It's like they had, you know, beautiful runs for him, just like they do for Josh Allen. Like they make the runs that are designed runs that is so gapped out and schemed out that when you have a good athletic quarterback, he just got to make one cut, and it's a great, it's a great play. And he did. He made some great reads, but you know they had like the down, down, and around with the pole, and like it's just the angles that they created allowed for a seven, eight yard run before he even saw a defender. And then now, okay, make a choice, Janet. There's two yards. Do you dive or do you just you know slide? Either way, we got five to seven yards. You know, it's up to you to make a decision at that point. But yeah, you're right, man. I mean, I, I was impressed with Daniel Jones. I, I've been critical of him in the years past, but he, he showed up and showed out uh, yesterday. Yeah. I, and also, too, I take the guy, too. He's super tough. You know, I think he t- he sometimes takes the hits, but he sits in there, delivers the ball. Can't say that for every quarterback. You know, I think. And then getting Barkley back, I think he was just he's yeah. I mean, before Barkley got hurt, like the, like it had been a long time since he's seen a running back come in like that. I mean, the yeah. last running back that came in with that type of it was Adrian Peterson. Like that was the last time we seen a running back come in and be like, oh, my God, this guy is like, how is he so dominant? When she, when, yep. when Saquon Barkley came in the league, people were just like, this guy is just impressive, right? He tears his ACL a year off of the ACL tear now, and he's just like, this guy, he's a, mm-hmm. he's an amazing running back. You know, yeah. Mike, what would you think about that rough in the passer on, on Kirk Cousins, they call yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, Kirk Cousins. Don't even get me started on Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, to me, is like the quarterback that does – he's just an in-season quarterback. He's just not – Regular a, season? He's just a regular season guy. Like he's a guy that you know that he's got a great talented offense. He has some of the best receivers in the game, and and you know. But when it comes to like tough games and winning in the playoffs, he's just not a winner in the playoffs. I mean, so is that his, have you won? Is that his fault or the play caller's fault that fault. you didn't have everybody going past the sticks on fourth and eight, and it was a check down? Yeah, but it's Kirk Cousins. Sometimes Kirk Cousins, like one thing I don't like about Kirk Cousins is that sometimes he doesn't take the game into his own hands. Like there's moments where there was he could have ran the ball like it's three yards. Yeah. He's to, like the 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 uh the rushers run up all over the field. You're still trying to stretch the play out. I'm like, Kirk, just run it. It's third and five. Boom, right the, and five yeah. four. And then you got next one now is the better. Like you sitting there trying to find the perfect throw. And it's like sometimes you just got to use your legs to make the play. I think that's sometimes where Kirk Cousins kind of felt himself is not believing in his own ability just to run. I mean, there's plays where other quarterbacks have done that. And you just like, oh, I wasn't expecting that guy. Even Matt Ryan, you know, there's a play that Matt Ryan ran for 30, 30 something yards when nobody expected it, right? Because just move the sticks. Just move the sticks, man. And doesn't have to be a pass, it could be a run. And, mm-hmm. you know, when when Kirk Cousins doesn't have a good running game and Dalvin Cook is not into the game, it kind of makes it a lot harder for him. Yeah. Uh, Lofa, now that the Seahawks are out, who do you have winning at all? Uh, you're not going to like it, kid. Actually, I don't have them winning at all, but I got the Niners going to it, and I got them losing to the Bengals. Oh, that's all right. I don't mind if they lose, ultimately. That's, that's fine by me. I mean, get them to the biggest game, then snatch it away. That's actually better for me. Yeah, just drop if they pick lose next too. week. Yeah. In the meantime. I, 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 Tampa Bay, I think Tampa Bay is like, they're just like, I can't wait for that Tampa game. Bay. Tampa Bay actually was a team that had the most injured players throughout the year. Like, they mm, took yeah. the receivers. They could, like, they never had their full offense throughout the whole year, whether it was offensive and line. Defense, everybody was always hurting Tampa Bay. Like, but if you look at that team, like when they they get into the play where they're just running that thing and like playing the old school football, like it's gonna be I think Tampa Bay gonna be a surprise team. I think 
in yeah. the NFC Championship, I think it's going to be the Tampa Bay versus the 49ers. I think that's where I feel things going. I don't like I either think- one of these answers. You, you said Niners. Well, you, you said Tom Brady. I don't like either one of these answers. I don't think. The, I think the Eagles. I think the Eagles. Like, oh, I like that. Uh, yeah. No, but I, what I don't think about the. Oh. I don't think is hurts healthy. Is because I think sometimes when you have the, your first time going to the playoffs, you uh. make it in what it really is mm-hmm. like. Some of these teams have been to the playoffs consistently. So the 49ers, it's not That's a big game because every year the 49ers go to the playoffs. Yeah. The, the Buccaneers, every year they go. Like, yeah. this is because they've been in three. You know, they're like, oh, my God, we're in the playoffs. It's like, are they, I don't know about Jalen Hurts. I've, I, I'm still – the verdict's still out on Jalen Hurts for me. I like Jalen Hurts. If he's healthy, I believe in them because they have a really good defense. But uh, I have a gripe with Tom Brady. Brett, you're going to be excited about this. Oh, yeah, I'm listening now. So I was no. in five <laughs> fantasy football teams. And I have Mike Evans in every single one of them. And it wasn't until after, so the championships, like all of my championships ended or I didn't make them because Tom forgot that he's got a six foot five, 240 pound monster <laughs> that can has a 40 inch vertical. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he just throws him a couple like long ones down the side. I thought Tom just couldn't throw it anymore. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> and then Tom uncorks like a 60 yard or perfect spiral twice. And he puts up 200 yards, most points anybody's ever put up in fantasy. But I was already out of the playoffs. Already out. Already out. <laughs> so it's his fault or your fault? <laughs> That's his fault. Ah, come on. You're the GM. Yeah. You're the coach. You got, no, no, you got – so like, like like Mike was saying, they've been injured all year, um, you know, up front, and then also at receiver. They even had Cole Beasley for a couple games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, Godwin's out. He has to throw it to him. And he kept throwing it to little – fucking scotty miller and i was like what is going on right now because evans, yeah. evans just streaking down the sideline <laughs> by himself and like i was like just throw it to him man it's what you get for having tom brady on your team man i didn't have tom i had evans oh sorry sorry i wasn't listening no, i'm just kidding <laughs> But I'm don't be surprised. Uh, though. I, I just I'm not that Prescott fan. I just think Dak. I, I like that. I play, you like Dak? I like Dak Prescott, man. But Dak is just a, he and Kirk Cousins are the same to me. Like they're I, good. I can see that quarterback. They're good in season quarterbacks get you all the stats you need. But for some they reason, tighten up. They just I don't know. They try to do too much or they do too little. I'm it's looking forward same. to that game tonight. I can't wait. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. And hey, just so you know, your boy Tom Brady seven or no Brett against the Cowboys. All well, I, you know, to be honest, look, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind the Cowboys being out either. I'm not like, you know, I don't like the Cowboys either. So I let them all just beat each other as long as they don't win the, the all of it. That's all. Yeah. I think we need the Bucks to win, though, at least this game, because then I think we might jump them in draft pick. Okay. That would help. All right. I'll root for that. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. I'm going to ask Mike the ridiculous question some other time. Yeah. We're out of time oh, sure? on the show. Michael B., thank you so much for coming on the show. We really do appreciate you, man. And just, uh, I've been a fan my whole life, obviously a big fan of yours, and just really appreciate you. Mike B., love you, kid. I appreciate you, man. Well, we, we break it down now. So, Mike B., oh, yeah. you break us down. Whatever you want, man. Just like practice style, hands in the middle, uh, everybody. Hey, that- Happy Martin Luther King Day on three. One, two, three. Happy, Happy Martin, Martin, Martin Luther King, King Day. Black power. Love you, Mike B. Later, bro. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube.